Wine You. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Wine You Wish Upon a Star 2020 edition. 2020. Bum, bum. I'm Brenna Pale, and this is 2020. Oh, I thought you were saying my name. Oh, no. And this is Joe Pale. No, I was being Barbara Walters. Hello, everyone. It's a new decade, and we are jumping right back in to bring you that good wine and Disney that you desire. Hey, kids. We missed you. It's been a while. We got caught up in the hustle bustle of the holidays, and so we just haven't had time to uh, sit down and lay down some good podcast tracks for you. But we're back, and we missed you. So we popped down to our local wine store, and we picked up a bottle of Baritage from the Harrisgerthy. You want to try that again? No, you try that. That's a lot of letters. Harrisgerthy. <laughs> Harrisgerthy. Yeah, see? It is from the Harasthi family cellars. It was uh, just like a red blend. It's from Sonoma. It was delicious. Now, why did we choose this Baritage? We chose this because it fit with our movie, which is, drumroll please. That's going to sound really great in the headphones. <laughs> you could just add in a drumroll beat. I could, but that was funnier. <laughs> we watched... The, the Jungle, Jungle Book. Book. As you know, its most famous song, The Bare Necessities, required a baritage. It's got a really great label. It's There's this like very serious looking bear, and he's holding a single grape in his claws. Yeah, like if you look at just the top half of him, he's like, I take wine very seriously. And then if you look at the bottom half, he has uh, his claws out, and he's holding one single grape. <laughs> what did you think of the wine? I really enjoyed it. Like yeah. As far as red blends go, I thought it was a really nice red blend. What did we pay for it? It wasn't that much at all. I think it's about like a $15 bottle. Yeah, so like a $15 bottle. And for a $15 bottle, like it was solid. It's very subtle, but it has like some very intricate flavor to it. It's complex, but it's not overbearing or spicy. Like I'm going to say on a scale of 0 to 10, I thought for a $15 bottle, this was a solid 7. I would agree. It's got a little bit of what everybody would like out of wine. I thought it was very enjoyable. So as we said, our film today that we watched while drinking Baritage was the 1967 Disney classic, The Jungle Book. Let's go down this jungle adventure together. Should I put on some, like, mood music or something? I feel like there should be some, like, parrots in the background or something, like... Pause for parrots. Continue with parrots. That was crazy that those parrots were in here. I know, right? <laughs> the movie, much like others, starts with a book. The actual Jungle Book. Yeah. And it's based on a book. It's like the Mowgli stories, I think it said, in like the... By Rudyard Kipling. Yeah. Have you ever read any Rudyard Kipling? I don't think so. In elementary school, we read a bunch of his stories because he has the just... He wrote the Just So stories. And so it's the ones like how the elephant got his trunk and how the zebra got his stripes. Okay, that sounds familiar. So maybe I did like in elementary school. Yeah. Anywho, let's get on with the Jungle Book. So it starts out with, of course, the book opening, and then it goes into a credit sequence where it starts out with drawings of like huts and trees and things like that, but then it kind of comes alive. Like it starts adding color. You start kind of pushing through. There's a little bit of my favorite, the multiplane effect, where you <laughs> see like the trees and the shrubs moving in the foreground independently of the background, and it's very beautiful. Did you notice this was the first movie where the actors were listed in the credits? I did, and I pointed that out when I saw it. Also, didn't realize this movie happens in India. I just assumed every movie happened in America. <laughs> yeah. 
I remember as a kid, I didn't really care for this movie, so I didn't watch it really. So it never dawned on me the fact that it like happened in India, which makes a ton of sense. <laughs> Once again, we have Wolfgang Reitherman back as director. As I pointed out in one of our previous episodes, he kind of becomes the longtime Disney animated feature director. Well, and we got our good old Sherman Brothers back. And we got our Sherman Brothers. Which is why the music sounded familiar to me throughout the movie, because it is along the same vein of some of the past movies we've seen. Yeah. They have a very whimsical writing style, and they're very clever with their lyrics, and it's very like, you know, they got a lot of pop to them. Their songs really stick out. Let's jump straight into the movie, because I want to get to the part where Winnie the Pooh tries to kill a child, (laughs) but we'll get there. So to quickly jump through, Mowgli's parents died? Like, there's just, like, a canoe shipwrecked, he's in a basket, a panther finds him, and he's like, well, some wolves will be better to take care of him. Well, this comes back later, but you see Bagheera first, and he's kind of narrating, and he sees, it starts out with a waterfall scene, and then that's where Bagheera's looking around the trees, and he hears a baby crying, and then you see a baby in a broken canoe, so it's kind of assumed that Mowgli, this baby, was in a canoe with his parents, the canoe went over the waterfalls, possibly, and the parents are missing or are dead, and there's a baby left. Oh, that makes a lot more sense, because I was like, why is this canoe sitting here with, like, calm waters and, like, everyone's dead? I was like, Like, I thought maybe it was going to come around to, like, Shere Khan killed everyone, but I guess not. Well, the canoe was kind of snapped in half, too. That's why I assumed that it was because of the waterfall. That makes a lot of sense. I did not put those two together. I was just like, oh, everyone died. They jumped ship. They didn't want this baby anymore. I always assumed that when I was younger, but this time I was actually paying attention, and I I just kind of put that together. That makes a lot more sense. So Bagheera wants to make sure the baby's safe, because just like all panthers, they don't think, I'm hungry. He thinks, well, this, this needs a family. And so he's like, the wolves can take him. Well, because the wolves just had babies. He's like, oh, they've just had babies, so they can have another one. Because, you know, when you've had babies before, you can just add another one, and it's all cool. And, of course, is as in most cartoons, the wolves are indistinguishable from dogs. So I feel like they, they were good wolf boys. reused some of the 101 Dalmatian animation, because a lot of this was using the same Xerox photography stuff that 101 Dalmatians used. Because the wolves come out, and the pups... Act like the baby Dalmatians, yeah. the little puppies. They're like waving their tails and looking around like, what's going on? Hey, let's play. Well, and it was so cute because then Bagheera puts the basket down and the mommy wolf comes out and she looks at him and she's just like, oh, going to keep this baby. And then Bagheera's like, but it's really up to the dad. And the dad walks up and the mom wolf gives the dad the eyes that clearly say, can we keep him? Like when a kid brings home a puppy and the dad like at first is like, and then looks in the basket and is like, yeah, like loves the kid instantly. Then Bagheera's like, oh, I slept many moons and I checked on the cub. And then you cut to Mowgli's like five. I'd say he's maybe about like nine or 10. I don't know. He's little, but he's lanky. Yeah. Anywhere from six to 10, I would say. But during all this, they they, they kind of demonstrate the fact that even while Mowgli's growing up and even though Bagheera's not raising him, he's still kind of checking back in just to make sure. The wolves are having a meeting and they're saying, Shere Khan's got word, like he's coming back into the jungle and he's got word that there's a man cub and so we got to get rid of him. Otherwise, he's going to attack. And Bagheera volunteers and says, okay, I'll take him to a village. So the wolf dad is like devastated that they have to get rid of Mowgli. He's like, no, no, no. This is my son. Like, he deserves the same protection as all of the other wolf cubs. And it's not until the senior wolves are like, 
Yes, but as a wolf tribe, we cannot fight a tiger. And the dad is devastated. Like, it's so hard for him to give up his cub. And they even show, Bagheera even says in his narration, when you see, like, Mowgli walking into the wolf den, and they all, like, the little teen wolves, <laughs> teen wolves, teen wolves. <laughs> all surfing on cars and dunking basketballs. They're, like, attacking him and licking his face, and he's like, never, ever have I seen a more happy man cub. So this is just devastating to the whole family that he has to leave. Yeah, it's really sad. But for the safety of everyone, including Mowgli, Bagheera has to take Mowgli. So they start on their journey back to the man village. And I just realized watching it this time that Bagheera didn't even tell Mowgli what they were doing. He just thought that they were just on some kind of outing or something like that. And they're maybe like a good ways away from the wolf den. And he says... Uh, I got to be honest with you, we're not just going on like a little adventure. I'm taking you to the man village and that's where you're going to live. And Mowgli's like, oh, that sucks. Because you didn't even get to see him like say goodbye to his brothers. It's the first time in a series of times where people smarter than Mowgli are trying to tell him like, unfortunately for your good and everyone else's good, we have to take you back. And Mowgli like immediately is pissed because nobody likes change. And the kid's like, well, I don't want to go to this terrible man village. Like, all the animals are like, man is bad. And so he's like, why would I want to go hang out with bad people? And you get you get an idea of that, even though it doesn't explicitly show Mowgli talking about it, but he gets it from the other animals where they're saying, it's bad to have you around because and if you were to grow up, you know, and be like the other men, you're going to grow up to be a hunter and you're going to hunt us. And he's just like, no, I don't want to do that. That's not who I am. Well, and that's where Bagheera explains why Shere Khan hates man because of the fact that man comes into the jungle and hunts and blah 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 so Mowgli's like well let's just tell Shere Khan I'm not a bad guy and Bagheera's like no but you're a man like there's no telling Shere Khan you're not a man (laughs) Mowgli even says like I don't even own a gun (laughs) (laughs) so Mowgli's sad but they continue on their journey and then all of a sudden Winnie the Pooh shows up and decides to eat Mowgli well, by strangling him. Let's let's kind of roll back because this is... Oh, no. Nobody, uh, not many people have watched this No, that's the statement I'm standing by. <sighs> Winnie the Pooh shows up. In the form of a snake to named To kill Pop. a child. <laughs> I'm just imagining Winnie the Pooh in his little red t-shirt. Like, Mowgli, come here. Let me put my arms around your neck. Piglet, I have a journey for us today. <laughs> okay. Come here, Mowgli. Piglet, I'm about to show you how to feel dressed a child. <laughs> no more pain, only dreams now, Mowgli. <laughs> Look into my eyes. Mm. I'm going to eat that little boy, Piglet. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Anyhow, this is the introduction of Ka the Snake. So Bagheera says it's getting late. We're going to go up into the tree. And then that's when Ka the Snake shows up. And, of course, Ka does what Ka does, which is hypnotize his prey, strangle them, and then swallow them whole. He starts doing that with Mowgli before Bagheera even realizes. Like, Bagheera's just kind of drowsing and dozing off and just talking and saying, like, are you listening to me? And he turns around and Mowgli's being strangled by a snake. Here comes a fun fact. It's our first one. (gasps) Do we use the song now? Yeah. We're only going to do it once. Oh. Or twice. I'm very, I'm not very (laughs) solid on this rule. We'll feel it. We'll feel it out. (gasps) Fun Fun facts facts with with Joe Joe Payo. Payo. 
So it made me laugh when you pointed out when Ka shows up, you said, wait a second, is that the Cheshire cat? To which I just turned you and nodded. And then a moment later you turned and said, wait, is that Winnie the Pooh? Well, because it was a different way he said different words. Yes. When he first started, it was easy to hear Cheshire Cat. Like, the snake came down and was, like, singing about flowers. Well, like, he wasn't really. But, like, you heard the Cheshire Cat immediately. And then, as he continued his sentence, he slipped into Winnie the Pooh. And so it was like, ah, It's very unsettling. <laughs> so, yes, Ka the Snake and Cheshire Cat and Winnie the Pooh were all, at this period of time, played by the same actor. His name is Sterling Holloway. That is a name. The other side of that that's really funny is that the boy who is playing Mowgli, his name is Bruce Reitherman. He's the director's son. So they had an actor. The actor's voice cracked. So the director said, well, my son's probably about the right age. So he cast his son. His son would go on to continue having a voiceover career, including the voice of Christopher Robin. So this is a meeting of Winnie the Pooh Mm. and Christopher Robin, where Winnie the Pooh is trying to eat him. I'm telling you, it was very unsettling. Like, (laughs) Mr. Sterling did not do a great job of changing his voice all that much. And so it was very unsettling to hear Winnie the Pooh try to eat a child. Um, Ka has hypnosis powers, and they're pretty much unavoidable. Like, he even gets Bagheera at one point. But Ka's biggest villain here is really gravity, because they just keep pushing him out of trees, and then everything's fine. He is defeated the same way twice in this film, where... Mowgli pushes the bulk of his body out of the tree. His head gets pulled away from the rest of his body. Whatever he, like conversation he's in the middle of, he ends up trying to slither away. His tail is in a knot. He gets stuck in a tree, like in a little branch. And then as he pulls away from it, he slams together like an accordion. And then he slinks away like a broken car. Making cl- like cracking, clinking sounds like, er, er, This happens twice in the movie. No, but like exactly twice. Like, same exact movements. Like, I'm pretty sure they just use the same animation twice. Well, my boy Wolfgang, he reuses animation, as we're about to see in the next movie. Speaking of reusing animations, in come the military elephants. Who are the elephants from Dumbo? I yelled that the moment they showed up on screen. They have the same exact character design, the same exact proportions. Maybe like a little bulkier up top, but just because most of them are supposed to be male, except for the one female one that follows right behind the And the, the female one has the same voice. Is it the same woman? Another fun fact <gasps> that Brenna calls before yes! it's even a fun fact. The female elephant, her name is Verna Felton. Well, not the elephant, the actress who plays her. <laughs> That's quite a el- name for an elephant. <laughs> it's like Winona or... Winifred. Winifred. This was actually the, her last her last voice role. Why? Did she die? Yes. Oh. Her first voice role was as the matriarch elephant in Dumbo. So it's the same voice. It's also the exact same animation. So in come the military elephants, and they're just marching like to and fro, doing different marching formations. And their leader is Colonel Hattie. Hathie. I, I wasn't sure. Like, they only said his name like once. Yeah. A, a lot of the elephants kind of mumble. I think that's kind of their trait as they're talking they're like oh yes i was awarded the victoria cross and <laughs> yeah like he's like oh, what's the army become <laughs> like everything that ends with <laughs> so during this time it's mowgli's big uh rebellious phase where he's like i don't want to go back to be with man so i'm just going to become another animal so this is him pretending to be an elephant 
but he is kicked out because the colonel is inspecting everyone, and because he doesn't have a long nose, he realizes that he's a human, and he starts yelling, traitor, saboteur, and Bagheera says, look, clearly you don't belong here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you back to the man village. He's resisting, and so Bagheera's like trying to pull him by his little red underpants. Oh, and he, I made a note. Not... Strongest underwear known to man. <laughs> I wrote that down too. He's got strong underwear. And so he's just like, no! And so Bagheera's like, fine, be that way, and just leaves him. Here comes a big bear scatting up a storm, well, doobity singing doobity doo. What I noted before this was this is the first time we see Mowgli kind of wandering by himself in the jungle. And I thought what was so interesting was the animation or the way that they created Mowgli. He looks like a real little boy. Like, he walks along and he slaps, like, leaves. He, like, hits stuff with trees. Instead of walking from, like, point A to point B, he'll, like, jump on a rock and then step back on the path. And, like, move to, like, hit a branch and then step back on the path. Like, I thought it was really true how they animated him. They really try to do something a little different from uh, Sword in the Stone, where every all the characters almost seemed like they were like reanimated scarecrows, like very cartoonish movements and very overblown. But his animation and a lot of the facial animations of the animals seem very realistic. Like they really try to capture the subtlety in their emotions rather than it just being like gag after gag after gag. I feel like you would know this, but I don't know if there was a huge elapse of time between Sword in the Stone and Jungle Book. I don't really know. I know Jungle Book took about three years to make. So okay. everything that they were doing was definitely like in response to the audience's reception of Sword in the Stone. And so they thought everything that people didn't really connect with in Sword in the Stone, we're going to change that completely. Okay, what was the perception? Was it not good? The audience didn't really like Sword in the Stone that much. And oh, I think weird, because it was such a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> even though I guess it was really kind of true to the book, but... They decided that with Jungle Book, they weren't going to stick strictly to the uh, to the story in the book and that they would kind of take some artistic liberties with the story, which is what this did. It was loosely based on the Mowgli stories, but most of it was just Disney's own story. I feel like Sword in the Stone was the last time Disney took a book seriously. And then from that point forward, they just used like the names. And then that was like it. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss that when we get to... The Little Mermaid. Or The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's probably the big one. Yeah. What I meant by asking how long it took was that I feel like from Sword in the Stone to The Jungle Book, animation had grown so much. I just thought the animation was so much better and cleaner and they gave the characters real actions and feelings like and the animals faces were so expressive, especially the elephants, like each of the elephants had their own expression and facial features, even though they were all elephants. And same with the monkeys we'll get to later, even though I hate the monkeys, but still <laughs> they were well done. Yeah, I, I think that what they did because um, the director went back to the xerography way of doing things where it's like you can use a Xerox to uh, take cells and repeat them over and over. And from that, I think they were able to kind of like draw out some of the subtlety. Like they made it less cartoony and they made it more realistic. So they took like photography or pre-existing animation and just kind of animated over it when they knew that it worked. So this is where we meet Baloo. The loved character, uh, they sing Bear Necessities. Baloo decides that he wants to keep Mowgli as his bear cub and that he's going to protect him and love him. And by the end of the song, Mowgli's stolen by monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> 
So during Bare Necessities, I, w- I wrote down, oh, it's the original Hakuna Matata because it's got like a lot of the same beats. It's the whole thing of just like, eh, leave your worries at the door. Like, we're just going to have fun for the rest of our lives and just relax. And it just kind of made me realize there's a lot of Disney classic songs that are all about like, Let's just throw away the responsibilities and become hobos. Yeah, want to be a hobo? Let's all be hobos. Well, and I love that when Palu realizes he lost Mowgli already, by the end of a two-minute song, he calls Bagheera back, and Bagheera shows up and goes, Oh, great, Baloo, it's you, the jungle bum. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, I wrote that down. That shiftless, witless jungle bum. (laughs) So he's basically the homeless man of the jungle. Oh, sorry, homeless man. After they sing The Bare Necessities... They're floating down the river. Mowgli gets stolen by monkeys. And Baloo's like, whoa, what happened? The monkeys fight him. And Bagheera comes running and says, what happened? And Baloo's like, the monkeys stole him. Okay, the monkeys are jerks. During that fight, they steal Mowgli. They're throwing him through the air. And they're pelting Baloo with fruit and saying, like, here are your bare necessities. Enjoy this. And they're being, like, total jerks. Yeah. Which solidifies... My real life hatred of monkeys. I'm sorry. I don't understand why we need a creature that throws its own feces and attacks people. You're saying it like we designed them and no. We I'm can just saying they're on the same level as birds in my book. Like <laughs> and horses. Okay. No. 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 I can enjoy horses from afar. They're beautiful creatures. Do I want to crawl on their backs and die? No. Monkeys and birds. I don't understand the need. They're not beautiful. They. Th- Rain poop. Literally rain poop. I don't understand. Mowgli gets taken to the, the monkey ancient kingdom. Ruins. It's the ancient ruins because that's where Bagheera says. He says, let's go to the ancient ruins. That's where they converge. Okay, so what? whose ancient ruins are these in India? I don't know. I mean, it's it looks kind of like the temple from the Indiana Jones ride. Well, I was thinking like the Aztecs, but I was like, that's not the right area. I don't know. Like Mesopotamian maybe? I don't know. Alexandrian, perhaps? Sure. Hammurabi? I don't know enough about history and culture. Anyway, they get there, and we meet King Louis. He's an orangutan, and he's... So, one thing I realized was that through the beginning of it, remember when we were talking about, like, the jungle beats and everything, or just, like, do-do-do-do-do-do kind of stuff? Once Baloo shows up, he starts scatting. They sing Bare Necessities, which sounds like a Dixieland song. And then after that, all the incidental music in the background just kind of sa- sounds like a New Orleans jazz band, which continues when they go to meet King Louis. Well, it intensifies. And it intensifies it's so much all to the scatting point. and jazz and Louisiana. So much to the point that when the song I Want to Be Like You comes on, Bagheera and Baloo show up. And Bagheera's like, okay, let's create an attack plan like because we're going to rescue him. And Baloo's like not listening because he's just like dig that crazy beat yeah, i love he's it like, so much do you hear that and he's like yeah yeah listen to me no do you hear that man like he just will not let it go he loves the jazz and to the point where in that classic image that you see of blue dressed as a monkey like with the coconut mouth infiltrating i always thought that that was because that's the way he's gonna sneak in and rescue mowgli it's not even that at all he just wants to join the monkey jazz party so here comes Another fun fact. I always thought when I was growing up that King Louis was actually Louis Armstrong. I always thought that when I was growing Wait, up. Wait, wasn't he? No, it's actually Louis Prima. And he actually wrote a lot of the scatting that happens in this, which uh, King Louis is much better at scatting than Baloo is. But a lot of that was animated to his own just kind of improvising. 
I guess really it's just a testament to how good their animation was in this movie. Because, like, the monkeys seemed like monkeys, and it annoyed the crap out of me because I don't like monkeys. But this scene was actually really well done. And, like, it was fun to watch how Bogiro was trying to get Mowgli, but Baloo kept jumping in and just wanting to be one of the monkeys and play around. And then the whole scene turns into kind of a smash and grab sort of thing where everyone's trying to get Mowgli. Yeah, Baloo's uh, jazzing so hard that his disguise falls off. And everyone's like, oh, it's Baloo. And they all just kind of start fighting each other. And it ends up with Baloo and King Louie basically becoming support beams for the whole temple. And then Baloo just kind of walks away and says, bye, and leaves Louie holding up the whole temple by himself, which luckily the temple just falls apart at that moment. And so everybody's fine. Everyone survives. Like Louis, King Louie doesn't die, which I guess, whatever. I wasn't a big fan of the monkeys. So I guess if they didn't make it, I'd be like, meh. But Baloo and Bagheera walk away with Mowgli. This starts the saddest scene in the entire movie because at this point Mowgli falls asleep in a in like a little tree or a little bush and like Baloo like tucks him in with like some leaves and it's just like really says like I love this kid like I want this kid to be my kid and Bagheera has to explain to him why he cannot keep Mowgli for Baloo's sake and for Mowgli's sake. And he actually starts agreeing with it like it's it's kind of a long scene where I mean, both of them have black eyes and bruises from the whole fight with the monkeys. And Bagheera's just like, look at yourself. You're a disgrace. And Baloo's kind of pointing out like, well, you've got a black eye too. Like, we're not very different. And then that's what starts the whole conversation of, yes, we're not very different. We both desire certain things like Mowgli's safety. And here's why you can't have Mowgli as your son. Shere Khan is coming and he's going to kill him and he's going to upset the whole order of things. And for his safety, you have to say goodbye to Mowgli. Baloo realizes that Bogira is completely correct, but he's like really choked up by it. Morning comes and Mowgli wakes up and Baloo is just kind of like, okay, we're going to go. And he starts to like head towards the village. And then I think he realizes like he can't take him there without telling him where they're going. Like he can't lie to him. The animation in this is top notch. It's, it's more humanity than we've seen from a Disney movie in a while because even though Baloo is telling Mowgli, like, yeah, we're going to go off and be bears. Like, in his body language and in his facial animation, you can kind of see how he's, it's almost like a breakup. Where you see un- lying underneath, he's like, I'm about to have one of the hardest conversations I've ever had in my life. And I know it's for a good cause, but I have to push him away. And it's just done so well. And there's such a buildup to it that it's just, like, kind of uncomfortable to watch. A little cringy. But it's really amazing that, like, an animated movie can draw out that kind of conflict. Mowgli doesn't take it well. He runs off into the jungle and he takes all these little paths that Baloo can't get through because Baloo is a giant bear. And so Mowgli ends up running off and Baloo can't catch him. And that's when he starts yelling for Bagheera again because Bagheera is always just outside of the scene because Mowgli doesn't trust Bagheera. And that's what Bagheera tells Baloo. Like, listen, he trusts you. You could take him to the man village. He doesn't trust me. So I'm going to stand just over here. But of course, Mowgli runs off. This is the first time we see Shere Khan. Shere Khan is prowling through the weeds. And this is way more than halfway through the movie. And this is when we're introduced to the villain. Well, that we've I think heard this about. is when I stopped to go to the bathroom. So it was like 30 minutes left in the movie. Yeah. It's like a 90 minute movie. Yeah, not even. It's like a 78 minute movie. Okay, so only 30 minutes left or 20 minutes mm-hmm. left. And Shere Khan is stalking through the weeds. And the way that they show you that this is a bad guy 
because maybe it's like you didn't connect that like he's the tiger or something like that because we all know culturally Shere Khan's the tiger but the way they introduce him is he's stalking through the weeds and they show what he is trying to kill and it is a deer but this deer is the exact same probably a photocopy of the animation of Bambi's mother yes no this is not a photocopy of Bambi's mother this is Bambi's mom so we can be sure Shere Khan killed Bambi's That's mom not true she no, died in the winter no start the rumor hashtag Shere Khan killed Bambi's mom <laughs> Shere Khan gate Shere Khan gate I'm telling you like Shere Khan killed Bambi's mom Bambi's somewhere hiding in a cave well it wasn't a cave it was like a little clearing his mom dies from Shere Khan so did he like make a gunshot sound with his mouth did he create yeah he was snow? like a tiger that was just like <laughs> Well, I mean, Bambi was pretty young, so maybe he just, like, assumed because it was a dark time in his life. We didn't know. He thinks We didn't know where Bambi lived. He could have been in India. (laughs) I'm just saying it's pretty clear. The signs are right there. So man was framed for the murder of Bambi's mom. Hashtag Shere Khan killed Bambi's mom. Anywho, uh, he is interrupted in his hunt by the elephants. They happen to be moving through at that time. And so the deer gets away and not killed. Hashtag Shere Khan tried to kill Bambi's mom. (laughs) I think that's a little more believable. Whatever. I think your putt's believable. (laughs) Thank you. And then here's a weird, weird moment because Shere Khan, as as everybody has been saying, Shere Khan is going to kill Mowgli. Shere Khan is not aware of where Mowgli is until the Giro warns the elephants and says, hey, Mowgli's nearby. The man cub, you know, that Shere Khan wants to kill. And And Shere Khan's Khan's just like, like, oh, (laughs) That's oh, the information I need. I should listen to this. <laughs> so he eavesdrops, and it's one of those things where it's like, Bagheera, if you were just laying low and being calm about this, none of the conflict would have happened. But because you had to open your panther mouth... <sighs> I think it would have happened regardless. Perhaps. Like, Shere Khan knew there was a man cub. They happened he to be in the, right, know the where same area. Was. But anyway, Bagheera's asking the elephants for help. And like... Colonel Hathi is just like, no, that's not what we do. And his wife, Winifred's like, screw you, that is what we do. And basically says, like, if you don't do this, I'm going to take over. To which Colonel Hathi's like, oh, a woman leading? And I was like, excuse me? Leading the military? Excuse me? Wasn't super thrilled with Captain Hathi. Anyway, the elephants start to help searching for him, to which Shere Khan is just like, oh, well... Now I know how to find him and goes off to try to find him. Mowgli was, is, is continuing his wandering. And at this point, he is pretty upset because everybody that he's trusted, the wolves, Bagheera, the elephants, and now Baloo, well, he, doesn't, he knows he can't trust them. The, because the moment he gets close to them, they say, you have to leave. The problem is not that he can't trust them. It's that the, he's a dumb kid. Like, he won't listen to what they're saying. Like, one of the first things Bagheera tried to do was explain to him why they needed to take him back. Like, the fact that Shere Khan is there and none of the animals can fight a tiger. Like, not even Baloo. And he's a giant bear. And, like, Mowgli, being a dumb, like, six to ten-year-old kid, is just like, I can take care of myself. And won't listen to anyone. I think that's the overarching thing is everybody is saying like, yeah, like we love you and we know we can't protect you. So for your protection, you need to go with man. And because he's the kid, he's just like, you're just saying that because you hate me. And everyone's like, no, we're saying that because we love you. So Mowgli keeps running off into the jungle like a dummy. The next place he goes to is actually, and I just realized that this time, 
the waterfall where his parents died. Oh man, I totally didn't connect. Yeah, that. it's the same waterfall, and then that's when he just leans against the tree, and then a snake comes down and lifts him up into the tree, and it's Ka. Ka is back. Yeah, so Winnie the Pooh in snake form finally kind of tricks him, and he looks right into his eyes. He gets hypnotized. He sort of traps him, but he doesn't plan to kill him right away, I guess. Here's another fun fact. Oh. Ka hypnotizes him with a song called Trust in Me. This song is actually a reused melody from a song that was cut from Mary Poppins called Land of Sand. I don't remember this song at all. Straight up. Like, he's singing this song and I was like, nobody's ever sang this song before. Like, I just didn't recognize this song at all. I remembered this song. But it's kind of weird because this is usually when, whenever I'd be watching it as a kid where I would fall asleep. Because it is a very lulling song. It's supposed to put him to sleep. It's supposed to hypnotize him. Originally in Mary Poppins, this was the lullaby song, which Mary Poppins actually sings the stay awake, don't fall asleep instead. The original is supposed to be like Land of Sand because it's about the Sandman coming to put you to sleep. As you hear from this, it's very kind of odd. Like it's a very odd sort of like exotic melody, which is why it fits better in the jungle with uh, Winnie the Pooh trying to um, murder a child. While this happens, like, Ka is like a snake that's like 20 feet long, 15 feet long. Yeah. He's a huge snake. If you can imagine, like, he's a, if Mowgli is like, how tall do you, he's got to be like at four least four feet tall. Like, if he's a yeah, child, four foot tall, maybe. he's got to be at least four feet tall. And, like, Ka is easily like 20 feet long. So, always, all of him is everywhere. And so then Shere Khan comes along and rings his tail like a doorbell. <laughs> that made me laugh pretty hard. Yeah, he's like about to eat a hypnotized Mowgli. Like he's all wrapped up. He's like ready to eat. And he hears like ding dong. But it's like <laughs> bing bong, bing bong. Like it's like a full like ding dong. Like. <laughs> and Gonzo's like, ooh, someone's at the door. Yeah, he's like, who is this? And he like comes down and he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> and this exchange is so great because... Shere Khan, you've just seen him as a tiger, but now you see him as, like, this English gentleman, and he's just kind of, like, sharpening his claws and just, like, showing, like, doing all these kinds of, like, really sort of lackadaisical shows of, like, power and might, where he's just showing his claws, he grabs him by the neck at one point, like, really, really tight. Yeah, so that, like, Ka's, like, <laughs> he can't like, even gulp. like this. <laughs> like, he can't even gulp, it gets stuck, like, before where the tiger holds him. And so you realize, like, not even Ka, like, Shere Khan, like, because I thought leading up to it that they were, like, in cahoots together. I and then too. it's like, nope, no one like Shere Khan, not even Ka. And Ka's the worst. And like, it's this whole scene where he's just like, don't you lie to me. And he's like, of course I'm not. And he's, like, showing different parts of his snake body to be like, see, no boy, see, no boy. Shere Khan ends up leaving, although he doesn't really believe Ka. But while Ka was distracted by Shere Khan, Mowgli wakes up and pushes Ka again out of a tree. And we see the exact same animation that we saw earlier. Yes. What I loved was that Ka at one point calls him a skinny little shrimp, which makes me believe that this snake knows what shrimps are. I'm just saying that at some point, Ka has been to the ocean and seen the shrimps. But like, did like Winnie the Pooh or the Cheshire Cat enjoy shrimps? Maybe like a honey walnut shrimp. Oh. So now we meet the vultures. We're somehow in the Shadowlands. This is the place where Simba was not allowed to go. Yeah. Also, these vultures are like well-known characters. The visual image of them 
was really well known to me. And it was one of those things where like I saw them appear on the screen and I was like, oh, I didn't realize they were from this movie. Really? I've yes. never seen them in anything else. Really? Like they looked really familiar to me. Well, I can tell you why I thought they were familiar. And here comes another fun fact that you picked out before I said anything. Yes. I find it personal pride in myself. The fact that I guessed some of your fun facts before you even said you them. guessed most of them before. And no. you would like turn to me and say like, oh my gosh, that sounds like so-and-so. Oh my gosh, this looks like such and such. And you just and looked at me like, like these are my fun <laughs> facts and you're stepping on them. So very obviously, I knew this from when I was little, but I didn't understand like how deep it went. These vultures were initially designed to be the Beatles. Not just in design, they were supposed to voice them and they were supposed to write a song for this. Oh. This was a deal that their manager, Brian Epstein, had made with Disney. And that had kind of like gone along and had started to come to fruition. John Lennon just said to Brian, just, no, we're not going to do it. Uh, why don't you Why don't you tell them to go get Elvis for this or something <gasps> like that? Disney was trying to get the Beatles for this, and they said no. They decided that they would just kind of change the characters a little bit. They still kind of gave them Liverpool accents and mod haircuts so that they kind of look like the Beatles. And one of the vultures sounds exactly like George Harrison. And I think when he spoke, that's when you turned to me and said, "Wait, is that the Beatles?" I mean, they just seemed very Beatles esque without being the Beatles. So, I didn't know all the backstory. I just assumed they were supposed to pretend to be the Beatles. That's what I always thought when I was a kid. I thought they were just kind of making fun of the Beatles, but apparently they were supposed to be a part of this, which would have been crazy. Beatles in a Disney movie. I know. And it was a fun little scene. They did like a barbershop quartet sort of song yeah. with Mowgli about how they're like, we can be your real friends. Like forget about all these like fair weather friends sort of thing. And the vultures are pretty cool. And it's not the Fulcher's fault, but at the end of the song, Shere Khan shows up. And yeah. he's just like, oh, thanks for detaining my victim. And the vultures are all just like, Ugh, crap, 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 and hide behind Mowgli. <laughs> I thought it was really sweet that even when that happened, they started yelling to him, run, friend, run. It's yeah. like, yeah, we're friends now. <laughs> so they sort of start attacking like Shere Khan to sort of draw him away from Mowgli. But there's really not much yeah. they can do as like four vultures versus a tiger. So he bats them away, but then Shere Khan is just like, do you know who I am? And Mowgli's, he's just over it. He's just like, yeah, you're Shere Khan and you want to kill me. And Shere Khan's just like, okay, well, here's what I do because I'm a sporting man. I'm going to let count to 10 and you can run away because I love the chase. Meanwhile, Mowgli, <laughs> in that 10 seconds, when Shere Khan's like, I'm going to count to 10. And he's like, okay, count to 10. And then he picks up a sharp stick and he turns around and he's about to stab him. And Shere Khan's like, you're testing my patience. And he's like, count to 10. <laughs> he's like, you're kidding me. Seriously? Like, you're going to fight away a large tiger with a stick. And the vultures are like sitting up there at one point and they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> but this is when Baloo shows up. Yeah. So right at the moment when Shere Khan lunges at him, Baloo grabs him by the tail. Baloo is trying to keep Shere Khan away from Mowgli. And everybody's just like, let go. And he's like, there's teeth on the other side. I got to stay right here. Yeah. During this whole fight, which is kind of vicious, like Shere Khan keeps scratching Baloo. This lightning happens and strikes a tree nearby and starts a fire. The vultures fly to Mowgli and say, listen, the only thing that can get Shere Khan is fire. Grab that fire. So Mowgli grabs the fire and wow. Shere Khan is literally going to town on Baloo. Like, 
it is a rough scene to watch. Like he is just scratching and scratch, and you hear like claws on flesh scratching. It is rough. Yeah, like there's even a point when Baloo gets behind Shere Khan and like kind of bear hugs him from the back, and Shere Khan reaches like over his shoulders digs his claws into Baloo's shoulders and pulls him over and, like, pile drives him into the ground. Yeah, like, it's rough. And the sound they add to it is rough. And it keeps going for a while. Like, while everybody's trying to distract him, like, you just see, like, from Baloo's point of view, Shere Khan just scratching right at him. Just claws, claws, claws. You don't get the view of Shere Khan to Baloo. Like, you don't see... Baloo, but you see from like Baloo's view up at Shere Khan and it is just scratch, scratch, scratch. You see like maybe one point where he kind of uppercuts him in the jaw, but like you just see fur fly. So Mowgli ends up tying a burning tree to Shere Khan's tail and essentially sets Shere Khan on fire. (laughs) Yeah, he's like trying to run, but then whenever he stops, like his tail like flops in front of him. So now there's fire in front of him. And as he tries to run everywhere, his fur starts lighting on fire yeah. and he just runs away. Like he lights on fire and like we're led to believe he's dead. Then it starts raining. So the tree that's on fire, that gets put out. Mowgli's just like, yay, we did it. Like he's like high-fiving the vultures and they're like, uh, we didn't all make it. And they turn around and you see Ugh. Baloo on the ground just in a lump. And Mowgli's just like, Baloo, Papa Bear, hey, we did it. We beat him. He's like trying to like move him. And he's like, Papa Bear, what's wrong? Papa Bear, are you asleep? I and can't. It's, just, it's one of those moments where she's like, wake up, wake up. And <laughs> Brenna turned to me and she's like, wait, does Baloo die? Did he die? Like, Did I almost die? was like, stop the movie. Like, this was, oh, this was like hard to watch. He runs up to him and he's like, Papa, Papa, like Papa Bear. And Baloo is not moving. Yeah, he is like unmoving flesh at and that point. And the amount of times that we saw Shere Khan on Baloo, it wouldn't be outrageous to think he died. Not having seen this movie for a while and not remembering how exactly it ends, when Brenna was asking, did he die? I couldn't give her an answer because I, I don't remember. And so I thought, well, maybe he did. Basically, like Bagheera kind of pulls Mowgli off of Baloo and says like listen sometimes people sacrifice themselves for a greater good and he basically starts giving Baloo an obituary and I was like no (laughs) no like like I was yelling this organ music kind of starts playing you start to see this kind of shaft of light coming down as if it's a funeral service and the way he's speaking about him it's totally an elegy just like here was a great man he maybe lived had questionable morals but he was very courageous and he put his life on the line for a greater thing as this is happening, you start to see Baloo just kind of like okay. flutter a little he bit. He shifts his weight. And the first time he shifts his weight, I was just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, I was like, I can't deal with him dead. Like, that is not okay with me. So he's listening to his own elegy. And he's just like, he starts kind of like under his breath, like saying like, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, I wish my mama could hear this. <laughs> yes, it's so great. And so then finally at the end when Bagheera's like, like finishes his speech about how great Baloo is. And then he's like, Mowgli, we need to go. And Baloo sits up and goes, well, you're not done. There's still more. And Bagheera's <laughs> like, like you idiot. <laughs> like he gets so mad at him. Like you see it. He's really glad he's alive. But then he's like, you dummy. Like, <laughs> so of course Mowgli gives him a big hug. And he's like, you're okay. And he's just like, yeah, we really showed him what for. And then at that moment, as they're like kind of celebrating, they just kind of turn their heads slightly and there's the village, the man village. And we see coming down to the river, a girl. 
Mowgli's first sighting oh, of a girl. This isn't just a girl. This is like the sexiest village girl you can think of. Batten them eyebrows. No. Batten. <laughs> 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 eyelashes. Eyelashes. Hey, boy, come here. I can do the worm. Watch me. <laughs> Here comes this sweet-faced girl with her big old eyelashes and her sexy clothes and her water jug. And she walks on down singing a song about how she's like, I'm the girl. I pick up water. My mom cooks in the kitchen. Sexism. It's the best. Like <laughs> She even, oh, that's the thing is that like one of the, she's like humming and it's this really sort of like entrancing sort of song and we haven't heard music like this really through the whole thing except maybe from Ka it almost kind of sounds like Ka's song she starts out singing my father is out doing the hunting and my mother is doing all the baking and so I'm just a young girl so I will go to fetch the water until the day that I am grown and then Mowgli's just like what is that I've never seen that before he starts wandering away Meanwhile, Baloo is just like, oh, you don't want to get involved in that. No, you don't want that. And Bagheera's like, he wants to take a closer look. Let him take a closer look. He starts by kind of climbing into a tree that's above the river where the girl's collecting water. She's singing her song about like, this is, this is where my family comes from and where I will be. And he ends up falling into the water. And she like bats, bats her eyelashes and just laughs at him. She starts kind of like walking away and kind of keeps looking back. And she's like batting her eyelashes some more. Then she just goes, oops, and like drops the jug and it rolls back down to the river. To which Baloo says, she did that on purpose. And Bagheera's like, shh, 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 shh. Yeah, let's see where this goes. Because, let's see where yes, this goes. obviously she, she did, did that on purpose. Because she did it on purpose. Obviously. And so like Mowgli is just like, oh, I'll get it for you. And then he scoops up more water and picks it up. And he's like, he goes to hand it to her and she just looks back over her shoulder, bats her eyelashes. And then, like, continues walking, and he's like, oh, I'll carry it for her. And so he puts it on his head, and he, like, tries to balance it like she did. And then he, like, stumbles a couple times, but he ends up, like, kind of holding it, but being able to do it. And then he looks back at Baloo and Bagheera. And Baloo is saying, come back, come back. And Bagheera is saying, go on, go on. And the girl looks back at him, bats her eyelashes a couple more times, and he's just like, uh, like you, tongue hanging out, drooling. You, this is one of those where it's like you got to pull up the scene on YouTube, like look up like Bleh. last scene because there are these like thirsty camera zoom ins on her face when she is batting her eyelashes because they are trying to make her like the most seductive woman ever. Okay, I'm sorry. Even though she's, she's like 12. <laughs> more seductive than like Jessica Rabbit. Yes. Like she is so seductive. The way she just looks like Mowgli. She's so weak. She can't carry that water. She bats her eyelashes like, oh, follow me with the water. If I can make this boy my husband, I don't have to carry water anymore. Yeah, because once she sees 
sees him, she starts singing this other part of the song of just like, when I'm grown, I will take a husband and then we will make our own daughter and she will go get the water. And it's just like, when I was a kid and I would watch this, I hated her. I thought that she was the worst because if you're already watching a movie where there's this believable reality where a boy can become a bear's son, yeah, he's got to become his son. That's where he's having fun. But it's like, because it's like, oh, the natural order of things. And one of the things they keep saying is, you wouldn't marry a panther, would you? It's like, this is a Disney movie, and he's talking to panthers. He might as well. (sighs) I didn't like this girl. And watching this, it's like, they really had to work hard to kind of pull him away from just saying, I'll live in the jungle. Because guess what? Shere Khan's gone. And that was the whole Well, he's theoretically dead. And that was the whole driving force of putting him with the man village. But then... (sighs) Human nature takes over, and he has to go off and become a human. Well, because what ends up happening is, like, he looks back one last time at Baloo and Bagheera, and then looks at the girl one more time and kind of just shrugs and follows her. And that's mm-hmm. it. That's I mean, that's the end of Mowgli. Bagheera's happy about this because he's just like, it's like Lord of the Rings where he's just like, I've brought him to where he's supposed to be. I can rest now. Meanwhile, Baloo goes from saying, like, what? That was supposed to be my son. He was supposed to become a bear to, like, Eh, okay, whatever. And then he just starts singing Bear Necessities, but Bagheera's singing along with him. They're doing, like, a harmony, and Baloo, like, wraps his arm around Bagheera, and they basically, like, wander off into the jungle together, singing and, like, walking and just being, like, best friends, and that is a buddy cop movie I would watch. The end. I would watch the movie. I want to see Bagheera and Baloo get their own movie. To which I said, if you want to see the continuing adventures of Baloo, wait until he gets his pilot license because I've got a show for you called Tailspin. Okay, I don't remember Tailspin being Baloo. Yes, his name is Baloo. He wears a Hawaiian shirt and an aviator jacket and a pilot's hat. And and this is a TV show or a movie? It's a TV show. It's basically 1930s air pirates, and he's like a pilot that delivers things. He, his main boss is Shere Khan. Wait, what? Shere Khan is like a boss who works in a high tower and wears a suit. And he's basically like the gangster, like the Jabba the Hutt, like the guy you don't want to mess okay, with. Okay, so this just started our spinoff podcast He's basically of Han Tailspin. Solo. <laughs> it's basically Baloo is Han Solo what? working for Shere Khan as Jabba the Hutt. But then there's, like, all these other characters. But there's a lot of Jungle Book characters in it. Like, his informant is Louie, is King Louie. He's the guy who's just like, I'm involved in everything. I can get you, like, some contacts and stuff like that. I feel like we should just watch this. It's all on Disney+. Plus. Oh, I feel like we are the advertisement for Disney+. Plus. Because <laughs> that, boys and girls, is how we watch this movie. <laughs> So um, what did you think of The Jungle Book? I know you weren't really, you didn't have a warm idea of it when we talked about it last one. This is really funny because I was literally complaining about it this morning when we were like out running. I was like, oh, we have to watch Jungle Book, blah, blah, blah. I actually really enjoyed this. I was very pleasantly surprised. I did not think I was going to enjoy this as much as I did. I had similar feelings. I... I think that I didn't like this when I was growing up, mainly because I thought the ending was not deserved or earned. I thought the fact that he just kind of relents and says, I'm going to go with the pretty girl was not great. I thought that was kind of like a loss overall. Like I was like, "Eh, he should just become a young bear. I can't exactly pinpoint why I didn't enjoy it as a kid. I just know like from my childhood, I had the whole like notion that I hated this movie and so much so that I didn't even want to watch the live action one that came out a couple years ago 
But having gone back and watched it now, I was like, well, the animation was beautiful. I loved the way they made Mowgli. He felt like a real little kid hitting things when he walked by, not walking in a straight line. Like, I felt like he was a real little kid. I thought that what I really connected to this time, kind of what I mentioned before, was when they do the close-ups of the animals' characters' faces, and they really kind of put a lot of attention into, like, their frown lines and their smile lines and everything like that, where when you start to see the way they're emoting about things, like Bagheera or with can I help you with something? I'm laughing because when you say frown lines or smile lines, you make the face of like frowning or smiling. <laughs> like you do that. You're like frown lines, smile lines. And that's what I think they did in the movie where they would take little moments that were really hard for certain characters and really kind of show how hard it is for them by giving these them these really human emotions. So like the moment where Baloo basically has to tell Mowgli, I can't be your father. Oh, that like, was crushing. That was crushing. Or even when Bagheera is at the meeting of the wolves and says, I got to have some phlegm. I'm not crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to cry because the wolf dad, well, like losing his cub, really like shook me that was rough to watch the wolf dad who went from like i don't know if i want this cub to like i can't lose this this is my child like and they have to get through that moment very quickly that really got me man yeah so i would say like it's definitely worth watching again as an adult i enjoyed it quite a bit more than i thought i was i was actually dreading watching this movie and now watching it i'm like dang i really enjoyed this (laughs) this was really good hey brenna hey joe would you like some more uh fun facts Hit me with your fun facts. So I had alluded to the idea that Bruce Reitherman was not the original actor. Uh, The original child actor, his name was David Allen Bailey. And yes, during the film's three-year production, his voice cracked and dropped a whole octave. So he was not allowed to be Mowgli anymore because from cut to cut, his voice sounded different. Poor Bailey. Poor David Allen Bailey. So the director said, my son can do it, and made film history. Would you like another fact? Joey, I would always love another fact. This was the very last movie that Walt Disney personally supervised. Oh. Because of his death. How dare he? He died in 1966. This movie was released in 1967. So this film was actually dedicated to his memory. So let's pour one out for Walt Disney. Walt, thank you for your legacy. Any final thoughts? For final thoughts, I would say I really enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I would. I thought this movie was definitely worth going back and watching again as an adult. It's very sweet. And uh, I I took a lot of the emotional parts of it for granted when I was younger. I think because at the time that I was watching it, I was watching things like Beauty and the Beast that has like some really heavy themes. But like there is a, a lot of, uh, I guess, empathy to this that you didn't find in something like Sword in the Stone. Because it has to do with like family and acceptance and kind of finding your way, which is also why I didn't like the ending because he just threw that away. I just thought that it was clear that they took a step in their animation process. And I really thought the movie was more beautiful than I'd ever remembered. And I really enjoyed it a lot. I thought the wine was fun. I thought the movie was a lot better than I expected. And I think the whole experience was great. Beautiful. Joey, what are we seeing next week? We are going to be watching The Aristocats. Yes! Oh my god, I love The Aristocats! By the way, The Aristocats, I want to say it's the first in this whole series of this podcast 
that I have not seen in its entirety. Oh, I'm so excited to see the Aristocrats. I love I've, the Aristocats. I've seen little bits and pieces of it. Oh, Like yes. very little bits and pieces. Not even the kind of thing where it's like, once I see it, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I've seen all of this. But like, I've seen very little of this movie. Oh, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Okay. And well, with that. With that. Cheers. Cheers.